You are listening to the Nutrition Wise Podcast, where nutrition besties Amanda and Lindsay have completely honest and candid conversations about today's hot nutrition topics. As registered dietitian nutritionists, they bring some much-needed clarity to today's overwhelming diet culture, giving real-life advice for you busy mamas out there. This is a judgment-free zone to get in on the conversation, have a laugh, and get some tips along the way. So grab a cup of coffee or even better, your favorite fermented fruit and take a listen. We are so happy you are here. Hey everyone, this is Amanda and Lindsay, your Nutrition Wise Dietitians. February is all about hearts and no, we don't mean the candy kind. It is Heart Health Month. So we're gonna start the month out by talking about preventing heart disease. Too often we hear more about the treatment following the onset of cardiovascular disease or a cardiac event like a heart attack rather than how to prevent these problems from happening in the first place. Over 80% of deaths from cardiovascular events, including stroke, are preventable. Let me repeat that. Over 80% of deaths from cardiovascular events, including stroke, are preventable. That is a high number. And the only reason it's not even higher is because congenital heart defects are unfortunately not preventable. It's mind blowing to think that the number one killer of Americans is something that is preventable. I've had several patients say to me, well, when it's my time to go, it's my time to go. And I have to explain to them that it's not necessarily the heart attack or stroke that kills them that is concerning, but the one that doesn't and can leave them with physical and or cognitive impairment, a lower quality of life, and months or years of therapy and medications. I know that may sound a little morbid or harsh, but sometimes tough love and a different perspective are needed. Having worked in the ICU setting for three years recently, I saw this scenario play out all too often. Just to give you an idea of how astronomical heart disease is, here are some current statistics. According to the CDC, heart disease is the leading cause of death, not only in the US, but also in the UK, Canada, and Australia. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for men, women, and people of most racial and ethnic groups in the United States. So nobody is left out in that mm-hmm. statistic. Mm-hmm. One person dies every 37 seconds in the U.S. from cardiovascular disease, and someone has a heart attack every 40 seconds. That is, that's insane. That's terrifying. It sounds like a ticking time bomb. It's, right? Um, about 647,000 Americans die from heart disease each year. That is one in every four deaths. Heart disease costs the U.S. over $200 billion each year, and that includes the cost of healthcare services, medications, and lost productivity due to debility and death. So while these statistics are limited to the U.S., I have to imagine that they're similar in proportion to the populations in the, in the other countries that we mentioned earlier. So think about what that looks like worldwide. Food for thought. Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) So what exactly is heart disease? When we talk about cardiovascular disease, it includes problems not only with the heart itself, but with the blood vessels and the circulatory system. There are several types, and I'll just touch on some of the common ones today. Congenital heart disease is a general term for a deformity of the heart that has been present since birth, and there are many kinds of congenital issues that can develop. 
Um, another one is arrhythmia. It's an irregular heartbeat that occurs when the electrical impulses do not work or fire properly. This leads to issues with the heart beating too fast or too slow, possibly irregularly, such as an arterial fibrillation or AFib. Um, while arrhythmias are common, they need to be monitored and or treated as they can become fatal. Cor coronary artery disease, um, which occurs when the arteries that supply the heart muscle become damaged or diseased. Cardiomyopathy is another one, inadequate pumping of the heart due to thickening and weakening of the heart chamber walls. And MI, this can be caused when a clot can occur and an artery suddenly narrows or spasms. Um, the last one, heart failure, so which is also common as CHF. This occurs when the heart does not pump efficiently. So, you know, out of all of these things, how do you know if you have heart disease? First and foremost, be sure to see your primary care provider on a regular basis, which is every six to 12 months, if you're a healthy individual. I just told Amanda this today that this is something that we have worked yeah. on because I just got a primary care provider and I'm like 35, so. <laughs> if you're healthy, you still need to be seen. You should have labs such as the lipid profile and hemoglobin A1C checked yearly. This is the first step in prevention. When we start seeing our primary care provider regularly while we're healthy, they can track any changes that or discover abnormalities when they know what your healthy baseline is. That's so important to have a baseline of your health. Mm -hmm. If you have any cardiac issues, you may experience symptoms such as rapid or irregular heartbeat, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, numbness, or pain that travels through the body, especially the chest, arms, neck, back, and jaw, profuse sweating, lightheadedness or dizziness, nausea, and vomiting. I know that's a lot, but if you experience one or combination of these symptoms, please get evaluated. It is better to be safe than sorry. And if there's an issue, early intervention can prevent long-term complications and comorbidities. Absolutely, don't wait. Don't wait, don't, <laughs> don't. be like me. Get a primary <laughs> care provider, please. <laughs> Um, in order to talk about how to prevent heart disease, we need to discuss what causes heart disease. Kind of important. Mm -hmm. So heart disease is caused by damage to the heart and or coronary arteries or a poor supply of nutrients and oxygen to the heart. This does not include the congenital defects or genetic heart disease that occurs before birth. There are certain risk factors that we cannot control such as age, but most factors are lifestyle choices that we have control over. So these include things like hypertension or high blood pressure, high cholesterol, smoking, being overweight or obese, diabetes, poor diet, heavy alcohol use, and a sedentary lifestyle. In episode seven, which was our last episode that we recorded, we talked a little bit about epigenetics, one of our favorite topics, Love that topic. <laughs> which is basically a term that's used to describe the study of changes in organisms caused by the modification of gene expression rather than the alteration of the genetic code itself. So I know that's a like very fancy, very, very fancy term, but for example, a person may be genetically predisposed to heart disease, 
but by controlling environmental factors, such as consuming a healthy diet, exercising, not smoking, everything that we just talked about, that gene or set of genes may remain turned off and that person never presents with any signs or symptoms of heart disease. I can actually use myself as an example here, so I'm gonna be a little transparent. <laughs> um, hyperlipidemia or high cholesterol and high blood pressure run in my family. And my total cholesterol is actually slightly above normal. So I'm, I'm up in kind of those, mm -hmm. those low 200s. But as long as I eat healthy and exercise regularly, then I can keep it under control and keep it from climbing where I would require medication. So far, my blood pressure stayed well within normal <laughs> limits, <laughs> unless I get really stressed out. <laughs> Fancy, so we're fancy Christmas stress. <laughs> my, sometimes my fancy Christmas anxiety comes out not at Christmas. <laughs> but as, as long as I take care of myself, then I can kind of keep these things at bay and I can prevent uh, from requiring any medication in the future. So for the purpose of this podcast, we are going to emphasize on healthy diet portion in, in all of this since, you know, we're dietitians. Yeah. So let me start by saying, we hate the stigma of the word diet, and I'm using air quotes. <laughs> Can't see me. Yeah. That's like the beauty and the, the curse of the podcast is you can't see how much we talk with our hands, but then you can't see our air quotes. Exactly. So let me tell you, I'm doing air quotes on diet. It really means a way of eating and what we eat, but so many associate words with restrictive eating patterns, so we don't love that word. A heart-healthy diet is really just how most of us should be eating. And I say most in air quotes because there are certain instances where more specific diet may be medically indicated. What we mean by a healthy or heart-healthy diet is one that includes fresh, whole foods like fresh or frozen fruits and vegetables, lean sources of protein, whole grains, healthy fats, and is very limited in processed food and beverages. You want at least half of the plate to consist of those non-starchy vegetables, about a quarter of the plate a lean source of protein, and another quarter a healthy starch such as quinoa or potatoes. If you find that you're shopping the center aisles of the grocery store, then you're consuming too many processed foods. Just think about what's in the center. Chips, candy, yeah, can packaged all protein packaged bar things. convenience yes. food basically your convenience food absolutely mm -hmm. your grab and go foods which are high in processed yeah. by shopping the perimeter of the store you'll consume fresh foods that are naturally lower in sodium contain few to no additives I'm sorry or alternatives um, and those all have nutrients in our bodies that need to run efficiently so. Um, there are lots of nutrient-dense foods within the perimeter, like vitamins, minerals, fiber, and all of those nutrients you need in your body. It's the fuel that you need. We know that sugars and trans fats will raise cholesterol while fiber helps lower cholesterol. Beets, however, are a natural vasodilator, if you didn't know that, and can help lower blood pressure. Mm -hmm. And beets are fun to make, and they, um, they go a long way. We actually have a recipe in our recipe book about mm -hmm. that, yeah, right? The beet the salad. The beet salad. salad. Yeah. Eating a variety of um, eating a variety of fruits and vegetables is ideal 
um, because they all have really unique benefits and properties. Healthy fats like avocado, olive oil, and coconut oil are amazing. And it's nice to experiment with some of those when you're cooking as mm -hmm. well. Some things I love coconut oil for versus olive oil. Um, whole grains such as quinoa and rice, couscous, barley, oats, etc., are a great source of complex carbohydrates and fiber. So really great things to add to your shopping cart. Yeah, and one heart healthy recipe that I love is the sheet pan salmon and Brussels sprouts. Mm -hmm. It's super easy. You just you put the salmon and Brussels sprouts on a sheet pan, drizzle it with some olive oil. I sprinkle with a little bit of sea salt and pepper. Um, it's and it's done in twenty minutes. You say it's really quick. Yeah, four hundred yeah. degrees, twenty minutes, <laughs> done. done. Meal done. <laughs> also, the lunch stir fry bowls. They're full of peppers, onions, broccoli carrots, lean protein. And one thing that Lindsay and I have done recently is we've substituted um, the frozen riced cauliflower mm -hmm. for the rice. Yes. So you're not only are you getting an extra veggie, mm -hmm. but it lowers the calorie and carbohydrate intake a little bit too. It's really quick to make. And it's, yeah. Yes, very quick to make. It's, it's really good. And sometimes cooking rice can be a challenge anyway. I so know. Sometimes I don't it's have time for rice. I'm sorry. <laughs> So it's easier too. Yeah. Um, so uh, so when searching for healthy recipes online, it can really be <laughs> a nightmare. So don't forget to check out our recipe pack on becomenutritionwise.com. We have some heart healthy balanced meals that of course are dietitian approved and tested on our own families. Yes. Get approved. Get approved. Get approved. Most importantly. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So studies have shown that taking supplements is not necessarily beneficial for heart health versus eating a diet full of color, which is high in antioxidants. And honestly, they're, they're most likely more beneficial components within the food that we may not have even researched yet. So when you eat an apple, mm -hmm. you're going to get so many things versus taking one supplement. Right. So you have a lot more components in that apple versus all of the vitamins. So basically, you can't just go eat a Big Mac and then pop a handful of vitamins and call it good. It's not working. <laughs> it does not even out. <laughs> nice try. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the other major component is physical activity. The combination of a healthy diet and physical activity is the magic pill. Ding, ding, ding. There it is. Did we you just... asked for it. The magic pill. <laughs> they always go. ask for it. <laughs> the American College of Sports Medicine recommends 150 minutes of light to moderate intensity exercise every week. And while this is the optimal recommendation, we always tell our patients, Anything is better than nothing. Mm -hmm. So even if you're only getting in a 10-minute walk on your lunch break, you're still getting your heart rate up and getting those cardiovascular benefits. The key also is finding something that you enjoy doing. That way you'll be more likely to actually complete the activity on a regular basis. So if you hate running, then maybe mm -hmm. making running a physical activity goal for yourself is not a good idea. So find something that you like doing, and then you're more apt to kind of to stick with it. I would absolutely agree. Mm -hmm. I am not a runner. I do like walking, but I wasn't, wasn't really getting those cardiovascular benefits, but recently have started using like a cycle bike and I absolutely mm -hmm. love it. Getting the heart rate up where I need it to be, it's efficient and it's something I enjoy doing. So 
And it's in your bedroom, so you can't. It's in my bedroom. (laughs) And I don't feel that adrenal fatigue. Like taking it back to episode seven with the Hashimoto's, I don't feel that adrenal fatigue. And it's exciting. So you wanna you wanna find something that you love to do. Um, And speaking of something that you love to do, I think it's really important to also touch on self-care when we're talking about heart health and being good to ourselves. Self-care can really reduce your stress. You need to also get adequate sleep and really be adherence to our medications. You know, it's there's no shame in using a pill box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For vitamins or medications. But whatever you take on, on the regular, make sure you take it like you're supposed to. There's no shame in using a pill box because, you know, if it's late at night and you haven't taken your meds or you don't remember, then you know. You can be compliant mm-hmm. with your medications. So moms and working moms have a have a tendency to deprive themselves in these areas, especially like we we put ourselves last most of the time. Mm-hmm. But you know, when looking at all your statistics, it is important that we take care of ourselves and take care of our heart health. Mm-hmm. So some of these things mean that we need to put our ourselves first because if we aren't taking care of ourselves, how are we going to take care of other people? Yep, got to put your mask on first, right? Yeah. So they always tell you on the airplane. Put your mask on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And depending on how my kids are behaving, they may not get a mask. <laughs> <laughs> so just to kind of wrap things up, we're going to keep this episode kind of short. Uh, but just some of the takeaways is that, you know, heart disease, it's preventable. Mm-hmm. It is preventable in, in most circumstances, yes. in a lot of circumstances. So taking care of yourself, feel your body properly, eat those good, healthy foods, move your body regularly, and follow up with your primary care provider regularly. Those are probably kind of the three main Mm -hmm. areas that we can all do to prevent cardiovascular disease. And thank you all for listening. We are so excited to come back with our next episode as well. I know. Out soon. Out soon. Stay tuned. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Hey friends, before you leave, make sure you hop over to our website at www.becomenutritionwise.com to grab all kinds of supporting documents. We have a self-study course on mealtime strategy, four-week cycle meal plans complete with weekly grocery lists, mealtime nutrient breakdown, portion sizes, and food lists. It's seriously a completely dietitian created package. There are seasonal recipe packs to download with zero ads, all typed up and ready for your binder. And don't forget all of our coaching options. We are learning so much with this podcast as we go, so thank you so much for your support. If you have topic ideas, please reach out to us by sending us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or by email. The address is becomenutritionwise at gmail.com.